So the series we're on, and this is the second week of a four-week series, this series is talking about developing the home. And um, Sister Shock was very clear last week. She talked about that the home can be one person. It can be a large family. So no one is outside of the range of this teaching tonight, okay? It's very important that we understand that because we don't want to exclude ourselves. And my part of it is called building for success. That's the concept I'm talking about tonight. I have very much just thrown down on paper everything I was thinking. And so hopefully I don't have too much paper and too much thinking. I'm, gonna, I'm going to honor at 7.30, by God's help, I'm going to arrive at that point. Hopefully it won't skid to a stop. But I'm going to get there as close as I can and let you go. But I do have a, there's so much that I thought about that, that applies to this concept, building for success. When I begin to look uh, about building in the Bible, I found some verses. And I've got these right here in front of you. Um, you can look them up in your Bible or read them on the paper with me if you'd like. 1 Corinthians 3 and 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Huh. Point to yourself and say, I am God's building. Wow. Class participation. That's great. God, I don't know what percentage that was. To me, it sounded like, I am God's building. Kind of just drew, it fell off at the, at the end. But that's okay. That's all right. As long as, as long as someone's trying. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Well, I can't. I want to talk about these first, each verse, but I know that I've got reams of ideas and thoughts, and I can't do it. But real quick, the reason why I said that was because the Gentiles were far off. They were removed. They were distant. There wasn't any hope or options to be a partaker of all the promises of Father Abraham because it wasn't your father. But because of what Jesus Christ did, he broke down that wall of separation, our, peti our petition, and now we have, we're in, we're part of the family. We have the ability to call him Father Abraham by faith. So now, therefore, you're no longer, you're not a stranger, you're not a foreigner, which is really a of something worthy to be thankful for and praise the Lord for. But your fellow citizens, wow, with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built, pay attention to that part, on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So if there's a, if there's a mental foundation in your mind, you can see that Jesus Christ is the starting block that gives direction to the entire building. And then from that, there's a foundation of the apostles and prophets. What does that mean? It's what they preached, what they taught, what they wrote from the prophets, obviously from the Old Testament, but also the apostles, what they received of the Lord Jesus all the time he was with them on the earth. Then, of course, that special time, 40 days after he resurrected, there's a lot of conversation. All of that, of course, brings us into the New Testament, and we're built upon that. That's where we're built. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows 
into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom also are in whom ye also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. I've never seen a building that grows. I've seen a lot of buildings in my life, but never one that grows. Never one that, well, of course, now you may say you're adding on to your house. It's growing. I got that, but not like a growing building. Can you imagine that? There's something spiritual about us. That if we can see it, there's a building for the Lord, and that grows. It's supposed to grow. Now, Jude said, but you, be, but you, beloved, building yourselves. Huh. There's another part of this, another facet. You can build yourself. How do you do that? Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. And you keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and eternal life. 1 Corinthians 3, just the very beginning, a little phrase says, Now, if anyone builds on this foundation... We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians 3 in a little bit. But there's a lot of building in the Bible. Building in the Bible means this. If you look it up or study the words, the act of building up, edification. Or one who promotes another's growth in Christian wisdom. Piety, happiness, holiness, building up, the act of building up. You can build up one another in love, the Bible says, by what you say. What does it mean to build your home for success? What are the components if they don't include wood and brick and concrete? These are habits, behaviors, ideas, the structure of your home, boundaries, emotions, relationship with God and others, and time spent. This is an examination of how your home, that spiritual home, that mental home, is built it's similar to looking at glasses that you're looking at the world with. You take them off and say, what is my home? What's here? What, what is my building my home out of? So it's not an apartment. It's not a house. Because you can move and change. You can lose your house. You can get another one. So building your home is a, an emotional and spiritual endeavor. Okay? How can you tell if you're doing good or bad? That's very important. Many people say, well, I'm, I'm building my home for success. It's great. I'm doing good. What is the yardstick to measure our home? Can you build a wonderful house in a spiritual, emotional sense and it still be destroyed? Can, it, can you build something that looks wonderful, but it's not going to last? Is that possible? Jesus says this, whoever hears my sayings, and that was a lot of people, a lot of people in the crowd, a lot of listeners, a lot of listeners, a lot of people just gathering to hear. And does them, so there's two parts there. I'm listening, and then I take action. It's like a wise man. Jesus says, I'm going to liken him to a person that builds his house, that same house, remember? It's not a physical house, but the idea, on a rock. Now, those that hear, but don't do them, there's no, there's no follow, there's no actions, there's no behavior. Jesus said he's like a foolish man. He built his house in the sand. Now, I want you to recognize there's a couple pieces in here that are easily overlooked. I've overlooked them so many times. It appears that time, that time kind of went through. There's a building process. It took them time to build, right? 
That didn't happen in one moment. There was some building. They took time to build. And after they built, they lived in those houses. So time did pass. Jesus talks, tells the story. It's as though it happened immediately, but it didn't happen immediately. And that's how it is in our life. You and I can do things that in our hearts and minds appear to be fine, normal, typical, even successful, even good. This is what the Bible says. There is a way that seems right to a man, appropriate, good. But the end thereof are the ways of death. You should write that down. Think about that. There's a, there's a path that seems right to a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. You know what the problem with that is? If you stand at the crossroads of a path and try to look and see if there's death down the end, you can't see very far. You can't see what next year holds or 10 years from now holds. You can't see what next week holds. How can we know how to build unless we're building by the words of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, he can see where, where our paths are going to lead. Yeah. And what seems to be right now, just, you know, a rocky surface. It's probably not fun. Obviously, it wasn't right next to the crashing waves of the ocean, I'm imagining with my sand idea. I don't know for sure. But whatever the idea was, building on the rock, what led to true success. Because the Bible says that both houses were in the same storm. Wait a minute, hold it, hold on a minute. I thought being a Christian meant you wouldn't get to storms. Right? Now that we already learned about that before. Just because I've got the Holy Ghost doesn't mean I'm not going to have the same storm. They have the same storm as I have the same storm. All of us have the same storm. Yes, the, the rains fell. The floods came. The winds blew. Now, at the end of that storm, that's when it, we could tell. Because one house stood strong, and the other house collapsed. Yeah. One had solid foundations. And then you can say, then you, that only then could you decide who was successful. Because if you and I are walking around looking at those houses, they look nice. I can't tell. I don't know what is success by looking with my eyes. I think I do. I, I wish I could say that I, I can pick it out and say, oh, that, oh look at them. They're going to be successful for Jesus Christ. Oh, they're going on a bad path. I'm not sure about this one. But unless I go by those saints, he that hears my saints and does them. I, look at me. I've already taken 15 minutes. I've gone hardly anywhere. God help me. Go quicker. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to enjoy myself and not worry about it. If I get parts at the end, we'll just, you know, clip those and edit it and throw it on the ground. All right. So success. Paul says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Yeah. You know how to be not wise in a hurry? Start looking around, comparing yourself to other people. You just We don't know the story, do we? We don't know the whole story. It's easy to look at someone and say, oh, man, man their marriage is great. It looks like they never have any problems. They always get along and they never fight. And then if you would tell them that, they would laugh and say, ha, 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 that's so funny. 
you don't know the real story on the way here. <laughs> and you, you look at someone and say, well, you know, God's just blessed them. They've got such great health. They've got no problems. They don't, you know. And you, and you think, and then you tell them that story, they would say, oh, you don't know. You don't know the background. You don't know the struggles I'm going through. It's just impossible to tell. Success often depends upon, at least in the mind of people, it depends upon those you know and those you compare yourself to and where you live. This is how it works in the natural world. It does. Who do you know? Are you doing good as well as them or better? Okay, you're successful. If you're not, you're, doing, you're, you're failing. In many poor countries, having food is successful. I looked this up. It's, it's surprising. If you have two pairs of shoes in many, many countries, you are wealthy. Here you are tonight, and we're just going to first let, lay it all off for you. You guys are wealthy. God bless you. My dad had this experience. He was in Tijuana, Mexico, and went to buy something many, many years ago. And the, he told the guy at the outdoor market, he says, no, sir, I, I can't afford that. And the guy said to him, is this your only pair of shoes? And Ted said, no, I've got, you know, two or three. The man said, you are wealthy. You can pay for this. <laughs> and, you know, you think about it, the things that we're blessed with. Now, in some areas of Dubai, all of us would be called poor and unsuccessful. <laughs> we don't have any $100,000, $200,000 cars to drive, so, we are, you know, we're doing really bad, evidently. It really, that's how the world works. You, you try to find people you compare themselves to. Unfortunately, church can be that way too. We compare to, you know, our place in God and, oh, they're, they're powerful in ministry or they're such a great servant and they do this. We compare. Comparisonitis can hurt. It can destroy you. The Bible lets us know that the children of Israel struggled because they compared themselves and their situation to other nations. Like all people, they could only evaluate their success by checking themselves against their neighbors. Early on when they were still the Hebrews, God warned them not to even keep the idols or the altars or the pillars that the other nations have that they would face in battle. God said those things will turn you away from him. But the people constantly struggled with this idea of being separated from other people's and living under these strange regulations. In Judges, listen to this. You'll find this throughout the Bible, over and over again, this concept. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. They turned quickly away from the path which their fathers walked in and obeying the commands of the Lord. They didn't do that. Ezekiel 20 what you have in your mind shall never be when you say we will be like the Gentiles, like the families of other countries serving wood and stone. Isn't that amazing? They had the God of all creation. They had the stories and the history and the beauty of, of the Heavenly Father. And yet still, they constantly looked at others and compared themselves. Well, look at them. We're not successful because look how they are. They wanted to be a more powerful people, like Egypt. They wanted to have military men dressed in turbans and sashes like the Assyrians. They wanted to be popular, renowned, and desirable. They fought against God's reg food regulations, which didn't seem to make sense to them. Everybody else did something. They ate, they ate it over there. They knew this people. They ate those stuff. They didn't get to eat it. 
and they wanted a government like all their neighbors. 1 Samuel 8, then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, look, you're old, your son, <laughs> well, that's a hard, that's a bad way to start. Look, you're old. I've never started a conversation like that with anybody in my life. Hey, how are you doing? Look, let's just be honest, you're old. That would be hurtful. And <laughs> your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Excuse you for a minute. says, I have my grandfather's nose, which I don't think is biologically possible, but she said he always had sinus problems, and so I have it. I don't know if that even makes sense, but that's what my mom says. So there you go. What are you going to do with your mother? God, thank you for her. So, <laughs> so um, can, you, can you get the picture, though? They consistently fell into trouble because they pointed out people who were getting away with what they couldn't do, and could enjoy a king. Why would they want a king? Because they just liked, there's a, maybe a pride issue. Maybe it was a, a, a leader they could see. Maybe it was something they could control. They, they just didn't, they constantly turned away. The Lord called them a backsliding heifer, like just pulling away. Uh, they, the Lord called them, they, the Lord said that you, you just jerk against my commands. You fight against my wishes. And eventually the Lord said, okay, I'm going to let the country you think is so wonderful and they're gods, I'm going to let them take over and control you. I'm going to allow them, I'm going to take away my protection. They're going to come in here and pull you out of your city and you're going to go live there for a while. You want that so bad? That's what your success is? Go over there and have it. And that was horrible. They didn't want that either. So before we get anywhere with success in our life, we've got to have some rules. What are the rules for success? Success in any venture depends on the rules. In some games, the more points you have, the worse you're doing. Yeah, I can think of one, golf, for sure. If you think you're winning, <laughs> they say, yeah, but that's because you're, you're actually losing. You have 100 points. Okay, that's awesome, but you're not really doing very well at all. In some games, you can't touch the ball with your hands. Yeah, I've played, played that game before. I love soccer. In others, you can't kick it. The boundary lines wildly different in many sports. There are some sports that include dress codes. I didn't realize that. You just can't wear whatever you want. You get in trouble. And this is very strange. I looked this up and I was stunned. Some sports have a blood rule. Did you know that? If a player is actively bleeding, play stops. But there are games that don't have a blood rule. Play doesn't stop. You just walk off and take care of yourself. Man, I don't know if I want to play a game where bleeding is a natural thing. <laughs> it's so, that's mostly rugby, rugby variations. You know, you're bleeding, okay, whatever, we're all, we're all bleeding, so what? Go take care of yourself, go fix it and come back. I mean, that's, that's scary to me, that's a kind of, that's more rough than I want to be. Although I, th I admire, you know, people that can do it. You can get to the end of a race, believe it or not, believing you've won, you cross the finish line, but actually, you've lost. Yeah, isn't that, now that is really shocking to me. There are many stories of those who cheated their way to the finish, yeah? 
But there's even others who missed a turn and got to the front by mistake. Yeah, there's a story of a 10-year-old boy who's running a race with adults, and he was doing great. And then his mom went to the finish line just kind of to wait, you know, because he's going to be in the pack. And he came across the line first. And she said, she was first excited but then worried. She said, honey, what, what are you doing here? You beat all the adults. He said, I don't know. I was going and turned. And they figured out that he missed an entire section of the race. He just turned right this and left. Before you know it, he was at the end, and he won. And they said, that, you can't do it like that. You can't just, you know, cut off this major section. And he, boy, he was excited for a while. I, I read a story years ago in a golfing magazine. I know, I read a golfing magazine. That's horrible. But um, we're, we're an elderly guy went to the first tee. And in, in many golf courses, the way it's laid out, the first hole and the first tee are, are close to the place where you end because all those are near the clubhouse. So the 18th tee is over here, and he's here. And he lined up his golf ball, and he swung as hard as he could, but he didn't do very good. And it went off the tee box, and the ball flew in the air and went over to the 18th green and fell in the hole. Now that is a, that's the, the best. You can't do any better than that. But that's, of course, cheating. You can't, you can't get away with it. It's like my dad said, if that happened to me, I'd pick up my golf ball. I'd never play again because that's the entire course in one. I mean, that's, that's ridiculously awesome. You can get to the end of the race believing you're successful and actually completely failed. Yes, you can. Now, the Bible says this. If anyone builds on this foundation, now we're talking about that foundation. Remember, we've talked about Jesus Christ as your cornerstone, apostles and prophets. You build with gold, silver, Precious stones. Or this is another. Now we're, we're shifting here. Wood, hay, straw, or stubble. Each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work. Not you. Not you. But the work. Not, of what sort it is, not how much it is. Not how much it is, but what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, that's through that fiery test, he'll get a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So this verse talks about the judgment of the believers. You've made it to heaven. Everything's wonderful. You're there. And there's going to be a time when the Lord judges all the believers. It judges your work. We call this the judgment seat of the believers. This is not a judgment whether you're going to be into heaven or hell once you've already made it. No. It's the things you did on earth. What you built. Your home. What, whether you've been successful with your time and efforts or unsuccessful. It'll be a testing of that work. Not how much the work. Now, that's interesting to me, because you would think it would be how much. Lord, here's how much I prayed. Here's how much I gave. Here's how many people I talked to about you. Here's how many things I did feeling the Holy Ghost is leading me to do them. No, didn't say that. It says what sort it is. That means what kind it is, the work. It's what kind of life you built and the work your time has created. So what will remain 
when what you have built is tried by fire. Imagine standing there with the Lord. Here it is. You've made it. You're in heaven. You're done. And the Lord says, okay, let's try your work. And there's a gorgeous building, beautiful design that you've created. But it's all made of hay and stubble. And fire tests it. And the fire eats it up and there's nothing left. There's no reward. You're okay. But I, I, I wonder if you'll say at that moment, God, what did I spend my time on? What, what did I spend my life on? I, 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 I spent a lot of my life right here on this creation. Look at all I did. and Where's all my hours? There's my months. There's my seasons. Everything's right here and it all is gone. But if there's some gold in there, if it's silver, if there's precious jewels, fire will be on it as well, but that will survive, and you'll have a reward. I guarantee you, I know I'm going to say this, and I don't want to, but I know I'm going to say this. Oh, God, if I'd only realize that all this right here was hay and stubble, I wouldn't invest it, anything in that. I, 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 I don't want to say that, but I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to say, that right there? This little thing that nobody knew about besides you and me, that was a jewel? I, I, I should have done more of those. That's what I should have put my life towards. Ooh. That the only way for me and you to know what is success is to listen to his words. I, I can't go. Think about the rules. Here's the, the world's rules. We all know them very well. The rules of this world generally are get as much as you can. Enjoy as much as you can and heap together as much, much money and, and things as you can. That, that's the person who wins. He who has the most toys wins. That's basically the, the world's concept of success, isn't it? And I mean, it changes in country after c- countries and cultures and et cetera. Most friends, biggest family, most amount of children. But overall, that's the concept, the things you can see. Oh, look, they're so successful. Look at how much ground they own. Or look, look at the house they have. Or look at all their, how many boys they have. The, those are the success of the countries of this world. But when you stand before the Lord, there's going to be a clarity quickly in your mind. Wow. There, look at the fire that's testing my work, what sort it is. You, you, you've got to ask the Lord, and I have to do this tonight. You say, Lord, what kind of work am I building? What, what is mine? What, what is the construction of the home I am building? The thing that you're going to test by fire. Is it, is it gold? Is it silver? Is it, and, the, and the only way it works is it in his sight. It's in the sight of the Lord. If you do a little study in the Bible and just look that up, it's amazing. But in the sight of the Lord, you'll find this a lot of times. This was wickedness. But this was evil in the sight of the Lord. But in the sight of the Lord is a time when God was exactly opposite of what people thought. Sometimes it's in the sight of the Lord, it's of great price. In the sight of the Lord, this is very valuable. In the sight of the Lord, it was worthy. In the sight of the Lord, one time, didn't make mathematical sense. How can two be more than a thousand? Doesn't make any sense. But Jesus clearly said, 
Yeah, they've all given a lot of money into the treasury. I saw them. But they gave it out of their extras. But she had just a little, just two. And she put in her two pence, and it was more than all that. How is that more, Lord? That little is not more than a lot. It's more because of what she had left over. It's in the sight of the Lord. So there is a side of the Lord about your life and mine that sometimes is wildly different from what the world sees. The rules for success. Well, I, I can stay in that verse a long time because that, that is a powerful thing. We forget about that. That God will one day evaluate our life, what sort it is. So what does it mean to have a successful home or family or life? Where can you, how can you gauge it? Where should you put your efforts? Jesus gave us some guidelines for how to decide in Matthew 6. According to Jesus, you can give, you can pray, you can fast, and be completely unsuccessful in the eyes of God. Now that is so, I, I can imagine the disciples listening to that and saying, hold on Jesus, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Not to challenge you, but I just want to ask a question. I know praying is important, Lord. I, I think, I know that fasting is important. Giving, you're telling these people it's not important. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying it's the intent of your heart. He said, if you do it to be seen of men, to get applause of people, to be able to recognize how holy you are and righteous and separate from the world and wonderful you are, how much you've given and how much you've prayed and how much you've fasted, that's going to be your reward. That's it. Your reward is going to be men's applause. But if you want my father's recognition, then you do those things to him, not to be seen of men. You don't make your face look weird when you're fasting. So people say, oh, are you fasting? Oh, God love you, brother. I'm so sorry. You wash your face so that people don't know that. You pray in a way not to gather attention for your wonderful phrases and amazing words. And No, you pray to your father. He's the one that sees in secret, and he rewards you openly. That's success. Isn't it crazy? You can do all those things and be unsuccessful in the eyes of God. The word alms in this verse means mercy or pity. So in the giving part of that commentary can mean more than just money. To show compassion or mercy. To exhibit righteousness. Jesus never said that outward righteousness was wrong, but that it mattered why we would show it. Remember just a few uh, verses before he said in Matthew 5, let your light so shine before men. So it's important what men see. It's important how we behave toward men. Let your light so shine that they glorify your fathers in heaven. Now there are many good people in this world with good families. There are. To our limited vision, it seems that they're doing just fine without God, without church, without the demands. Remember, we're kind of going back to the, the children of, of Israel. Same kind of attitude, right? The building of those homes seems to be wonderful. They're building with kindness and hard work and love and education and making money. And it seems to all be working. What did the psalmist say? Truly God is good to his people, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper, despite their wickedness. They seem to live, live painless lives, healthy and strong, 
no troubles like other people? Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? Was I doing the right thing? It didn't matter. I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. I often think that the psalmist exaggerated. <laughs> it's all bad. Everything's bad. Every morning I get up hurting. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I'm thankful for it. But the Bible says until, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I got it. Then I saw their ultimate destiny. Then I saw their end. Then I said, okay, that's, it's not just about what I see. Yeah. Give it enough time. And I mean that. Every house built on sand will eventually face a storm that will cause it to collapse. It, it takes some time. Unfortunately, by the time that you and I figure it out and try all this stuff in the world, it's, it's kind of hard to go back to when we were younger and say, okay, let me do this over again. This is a life based on a concept of trust and faith in God. It doesn't mean I check my brain to the door. God wants me to use my mind and to ask questions and to dig and to think and to see and to pray. But when, it, when I'm done with all that, there's still a leaping off point at some point in my life where I got to say, okay, God, I, I can't even see Brazil, Indiana from here. How can I even see my way to walk to the coast? I don't even know where I'm going. Much less to follow God in a spiritual way that I don't even know what he's doing. I've got to trust him. If I'm trusting what seems to be successful by this world, what feels good to me, what seems to be working, I am going to go to the way that leads to death every time. Amen? Yeah. Wow. Build your life on what is pleasing to him. You and I can be wildly successful tonight. That should be enough for three cheers. Wow. Change the meaning of success to walking in obedient faith with him. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I can be successful right now. You can be successful right now. What does it mean, Lord? Am I walking in obedient faith with you? I know what the enemy may whisper to your mind. I wish I could start over. I wish I could, boy, that, that turn I made in that on that road, I, I wish I'd made that turn. I wish I hadn't. I wish I'd done that better. I, 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 I'm unhappy that I did. I wish I hadn't failed the Lord there. I wish I hadn't been so self-willed. You know what? The Lord is so beautiful and so kind to us. Our failures are not final. Our future is not fixed. It's not over for you. He is the one who declares throughout the Bible. Behold, I'm the one who makes all things new. Behold, I make all things new. It's not over for you and me. It's the moment I say, Lord, I trust you. I believe you. I'm going to walk by obedient faith. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Whatever is important to you, I'll be important to me. Whatever is worthless to you, let it be worthless to me. And that I am immediately successful. Maybe not in the eyes of people, but in the eyes of God I am. Immediately doing what he wants you to do. Now, I know, unfortunately, I can pray at this altar and get it all right. But then... I've got to get up from the altar. <laughs> and that's when the trouble starts, you know. Because I've got to still be married and still have kids and still work and still have attitudes and still have issues. And then I've got to go find the altar again and say, God, remember that 
great conversation you and I had. Remember that was such a good conversation. I was, let's go do that one again. That happens to me a lot. It really does. I love the story of the guy who his first prayer in the morning was, Lord, I've had a wonderful day. It's been a great day so far. So far, I've not had any bad thoughts. I've not had any, I've not eaten any chocolate when I shouldn't have eaten it. I've not gotten an argument to my wife yet. I've not said, you know, that I'm angry with my boss. I haven't even had said any bad words. But God, in a minute, I'm going to be very test, tested. In one moment, and I need your help right then. Because in a minute, I'm going to get out of bed. And that's going to be, you know, the trial right then. It's going to start. And I, I, I know that's silly, but I know that feeling. It's like, I am doing so good right now. Let's not leave the, the altar service. It's so wonderful. Let's stay, stay, stay. Don't, don't go outside. But we have to walk and live in this life of faith, don't we? Success in any category first means that you understand the rules. Next, it takes some hard work and a willingness to change. The willingness to change part is so difficult. I mean, that, a lot of people don't want to change at all, any part of their life. Many folks say, I want to find a church that doesn't ask me to change. That is a common thing. Find a religion, a church, a group that just loves me for who I am. And you know what? That is part of what the Lord does. He does love us for who we are. But he never, ever, in all of nature, allows anything to start and not change or grow. Every baby is a, is a blessing. It's excitement. But there's something wrong if there's not a natural progression of growth. You get concerned at some point. I don't think my baby's walking. My baby's not responding to sounds like he should be. Then we've got to do something. We've got to, we've got to talk to the doctor or fix it. Because there has to be a growth. Every farmer is happy to put the seed in the ground, but only happy for so long. There's got to be something coming back out of the ground. Eventually, there's a time frame, right? What is it about you and me that, that changes this message into something more than just words on a piece of paper? It's a willingness to change. God, this is a tough question. What would you have me to do? And if you tell me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do it. Now, that's honest and openness before the Lord. And, and what is surprising is that God will have you to do something. He'll speak to you and say, you need to change this. You know you've got to do this differently. He'll lead you. You'll feel it like, just don't feel, I know I need to do that differently. I know I've got to change that. And God can lead us. He'll lovingly walk us along that path. I, I, I know that every one of us will, will quickly fall back into the mindset of what it means to be successful. A successful home. A successful family. Successful all these things. And, and the problem is you're in the middle right now of life. Sometimes it's, you know, things that happened many, many years ago. Things, sometimes it's things that happen beyond your control. You've got to decide right here, right now, what's going to happen. What is going to happen within these, within this heart. Because I will stand before the Lord and no one will be there with me. You will stand before the Lord and no one will be with you. You will stand there and there will be your house of your creation. I wonder what it is. I wonder what your life is, what sort it is. And you know what? It doesn't matter what it was yesterday or earlier today. Our last minute. We can turn that right now. We can change it right now.
Success in any category means you understand the rules. What are the rules for a successful home with Jesus Christ? I, I can only give you the overall principle. That's the thing about it. I've, I've tried to figure this one out. What do I tell the people, Lord? I should have some things to say. You should pray this much. You need to go to church this often. You need to be in the Bible this often. You need to, but you can't really, I can't really direct that. All I can say is walking in obedient faith with him. And then he leads the rest. I know people who prayed first thing every morning. I know people who prayed last thing before they go to bed at night. I know people who prayed, say they can't pray more than half an hour at a time. So they pray multiple times throughout the day. <laughs> there are people that pray five minutes here, five minutes there, five minutes here. It's a walk with God. And you can't script it. You know how awkward that would be for someone to give you a cue cards to talk to your girl? How are you? I love the way, hold on, you look tonight. <laughs> it's just so awkward. And I'm sure she would be like, yeah, you, you got something wrong. Go, get rid of the, let me talk to you. Put the cue cards down. You know, it doesn't work like that. You've got to, you have to actually talk and then listen. And I, I have been married a long time, God knows, 33 years. And that's, that's stunning. Of course, I got married when I was seven. That's why I'm so young. But um, <laughs> but you know, you would think, you would think, now this is also, this is a problem. People have this all the time. You would think by this time, we wouldn't have these problems with communication. I have heard this from a couple that were about to divorce. And the main reason the divorce was, this is what she said. We've been married 10 years. And if this is how it's been for 10 years, and we don't have it together now, what is the next 10 years going to be like? That was, the, that was the core problem. Comparing that to other people, other couples that supposedly all never argue and never have problems. I said this. She said that. I didn't understand what she said. She didn't understand what I said. We've been married forever. I've been married to her longer than I've been single. But still, we have got to work through all that stuff. You know, that's just how it is. Sometimes I think that we, as Pentecostals, churchgoers, we cloak so much our own struggles that others have a, a false idea that there are no struggles. It's sad but true. We, people truly get the idea, oh, well, they don't have the problems. They don't have the temptations I have. They're not struggling with what I'm struggling with. The truth of the matter is God knows, and one day all of that will be revealed, unfortunately or fortunately. What are, what are you building with? It takes some hard work and a willingness to change. There will be a need to review your efforts, check them against the standard, and see how you're doing. That is often a that line right there is often something I've I've read from very 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 successful men at least in the world's standard that they weekly look and see how they did versus how they plan to do. That's something that the church body ought to do. We ought to say, Lord, how am I doing according to your word? Am I being pleasing to you? Am I walking in faith? What does success in your emotions look like? What about key relationships and family and friends? What is success in your body? Ooh, that's a tough one. I would say not successful today. I ate a lot of junk and did not exercise and didn't do good. I'm just being honest. That's where it is. I'm not being honest about the rest of it. Just being honest about that part. 
<laughs> no, I hope I'm doing good. What is success in your walk with God? Listen to the words of Proverbs, the wise man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Well, oh, that is difficult to do. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Mm, that's, that, I, I have failed that one because I, I have told my children forever that I know everything. And that's not true. And they know it, and I know it, but maybe they're not always sure that they know it. And that's what I wanted them to think. I wanted them to possibly think, maybe Dad does know. He should listen to him. I even wrote it down. I wrote it down as a four-letter thing, M-D-K-E, and I put it in different places around the house. And they would say, what does that mean? It means my dad knows everything. And they said, that is not true. And I said, well, yeah, prove it. And they couldn't prove it, so therefore I was, I won. So, <laughs> but, but the Bible says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I, I hunger for and I want a successful home. I want to be successful before the Lord. Successful before men, probably not going to ever be that way. I, not that I, I don't want to do good in my life, but to the world, to the world, success for the most part looks like abandoning to those around that you love and getting what you have to get. To the world, it's okay to have a starter marriage. Because, you know, while you do your best, then you get your second wife, maybe the one that you're supposed to be with. To the world, you just, you know, you walk over those you can walk over and take advantage when you can take advantage. That's, there's a world mentality. That's not the world of the mind of Jesus Christ. And it's hard because we look around each other and we do that. Oh, man, I love your your. Your suit, your watch looks nice. Your shoes are really, really cool. Oh, I like that. Brother Don had a hat on. I like the hat. I like your beautiful dress. And beautiful. Oh, look at that brand new car. Oh, and they went on vacation. Oh, I want to go on vacation like that. Wow, look at where they live. Look at what they're doing. Look how they're enjoying life. And, of course, everybody, for the most part in social media, puts on there how great they're doing. Suddenly they say, you know, we're really not doing so well. We've blown it. We made bad financial decisions, and we ate a bunch of ice cream last night. Pray for us. It does. They, don't, they don't tell all the troubles. No one says all that. They don't say all that part. They don't talk about this. So maybe, maybe they do and I don't read them. Or I don't even, because I'm not on Facebook hardly ever. I try to occasionally check in to see what my family are doing. But then sometimes I don't want to see too much, so I can back off. But uh, our, our life is like that. We're constantly evaluating and all, here's what, I, I'm, here's what I'm going to ask of myself and think of this. These people went to bed every night with a flame of fire in their camp, a pillar of fire. That was the Holy Spirit. That was God's Spirit that would turn to a pillar of cloud. And when it was ready for them to move, it would start moving and they would pack up. They, they lived with that. I don't know what if that was a nightlight, if you got out of your tent at night, if you could see it powerfully there and cast shadows in the night. That's the act of Spirit of God. You would think that would be enough for, for, for decades to say, don't talk to me about other nations and what they're doing and other people and what they get away with. I have seen his power. 
Yet, yet it wasn't enough. And I, I like to ask you and ask me, what is it enough for God to do in your life for you to trust Him beyond what you see? Beyond the trust Him beyond what you experience? Has God done enough in your life already that you could say, I know there's a God. I know He has a way for me. He's, he's better than my sight. He's better than what all the people get away with or can do or how they can live their life. I'm going to live my life to please Him and not them. Stand with me, would you, right now? I believe the Lord is in this place. I believe God is talking to us. I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to talk to God about that, that day, that day, that judgment for all of Christians, that day when your work is going to be judged. I want you to talk to him right now and say, Lord, help me to see what is my life adding up to? What is my time producing? What is my, what's going to be there, Lord? What's, what is my work? What sort is it? Is it silver and gold? Is it precious jewels, Lord? Or is it, is it wood and hay and stubble that's not going to survive the fire? Please talk to me, Lord. Help me to discard every idea of the success of this world. Help me to drop all of it, Lord, and be able to stand and say confidently, I am being successful by God's rules, his, his directions, his ways, even if it flies in the face of men. Oh, Jesus, I invite you to do the search of my heart. I know, Lord, you, you see me, but I don't see me, Lord. Show us, Lord, our heart. Show us, Lord, our life. Show us our spirit. Lord, search me and know me, Lord. Search me and know me and, and find, Lord, if there's any wicked way in me, reveal it to me. Help me to see it, Lord, about my life. I want to walk in your, in your eyesight what is pleasing in the Lord. I want you to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want you to say that to me, Lord, because I've done what's right in your sight. I thank you for all these things. Thank you for your gorgeous word. It brings light, Lord. It brings understanding to the simple. Bless us, I pray. Keep your hand upon us this week. Hide us, Lord, from the enemy, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.